If the body doesn't feel safe, no amount of follicle-stimulating drugs or progesterone injections is going to trick it into getting pregnant. Now, this was a post that I put up yesterday, and I had so many messages in my DMs about how this was so true from their own experience. Now, women going through this process, right, shuttled in by their doctor, not knowing any better, thinking that this was their only next best option, only to find out they went into the process unprepared and resulted in it being unsuccessful. Now said nothing with love, the fertility treatment process is not what you think. It's not what's been promised to you. You've essentially been told a disempowering lie. Because fertility treatments do not increase your fertility. Not without proper preparation, including not just the physical, not just nutrition, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Now, do I think fertility treatments are bad? Do I think they're useless? Absolutely not. But I think it's a tool in the wrong hands can lead to a lot of issues. And I think treatments are a very important advancement, especially for couples who could not otherwise have a baby naturally. I have many clients in that situation. But the process for most of us, which is diagnosed as infertile and then being told treatments are the only answer, simply treating the symptoms without honoring the whole body and the well-being of a woman, it's just so wrong on so many levels in my eyes. But that's because I have a completely different understanding of health and the human body than that of Western medicine. And I believe that's why we are so successful inside of our program. Not only is this old method of fertility treatments incredibly ineffective, but it's also a disservice to you, mama. It's a disservice to you, your health, and the success of having your healthy, happy baby. Now, my heart only wants for you to have your baby in the most empowering way, whether that's naturally or with assistance, which is exactly why I'm passing this message on to you today. There is an entirely new understanding of fertility that the conventional metal just model just does not address. There's so much available to you before we go down the difficult path of treatments for those of you thinking that is your only best next best option. And also for those who have quote unquote failed past treatments. And you'll understand here in a moment why that that's absolutely asinine to think that you failed. It's the fertility treatment that failed you. It's the process that failed you, my love. And it's not your fault for not knowing. So if you've been unsuccessful at past treatments or you're considering a treatment in the future, whether it's your first one or the next one, this podcast is for you. So before I go into really the bulk of this message today, I just want to give you this analogy of doctors to fertility treatments. 
And I want you to picture giving a hammer to a toddler. (laughs) Oh my gosh, disaster, right? Everything becomes a nail that needs to be hammered. And there's really no difference in the way that I see fertility doctors using fertility treatments. Every patient coming in that hasn't successfully been able to get pregnant on their own for at least a year is now infertile without looking at their health background, their cycle health, their beliefs, their daily schedule and stressors, their relationships. No, we're not going to look at anything like that. We're just going to look at some hormones. We're going to look at an HSG, make sure your tubes are open, right? And based on that, you're either unexplained infertility or you're a PCOS or your endometriosis or you're a block- blocked fallopian tube, whatever leg that you fall under, it's still the umbrella of infertile. And it gets shuttled right into the protocol, which is a process of treatments, each one getting progressively more medicated, more controlled and less about tapping into your own blueprint. So there, there's really six very important reasons that I want you to consider before going down the road of treatments or going down another treatment. Because if you are really wanting to get pregnant in the healthiest, most empowering way, you are going to want to know what these six very important considerations are. But first, before we get into those, let's just walk through a typical course of Western medical treatment, right? And this is so important because any woman struggling to get pregnant on her own, if she goes into a into her OBGYN or is referred to a fertility specialist, they are going to go through a process very similar to this. And depending on her age, things might be hastened a little bit, steps might be skipped, but for the most part, if you are a middle-aged woman in her mid-30s or late 20s, even in her early 40s, right, you're probably going to be going down a very similar process to this. And so let's just briefly walk through how this looks. So let's just call her Jane. Jane's been trying for a year. She is 31 years old and She is married to a very successful man. She is also a very successful woman. Um, Lots on her plate in terms of work. She is very in tune with her body and exercises a lot. She tries to eat clean, right? On the outside, this this woman looks perfect. She looks like she has everything going for her. So struggling with fertility has been a pretty soul-crushing, confidence-crushing Uh, experience for her because she's very used to working hard and earning what she wants. And so fertility has been one of those things that has been very confusing for her because the harder that she works, the more perfect that she's at with her nutrition and her diet and her exercise. It just seems like things aren't happening and she's wondering if things are really broken. So she goes into her OBGYN who reluctantly has pushed this meeting off for months because it hadn't quite been a year to see her. 
And that's that's very typical to get any help from your OBGYN. You at least need to be trying to conceive for at least a year. So a year is finally here. She comes in and, um, well, her doctor deems her infertile, right? So she thinks, well, I'm going to probably refer you out to a reproductive endocrinologist just to make sure that everything's okay there. So that doctor runs a hormone workup and surprise, surprise, she finds a positive thyroid antibody test, some low thyroid hormone. This is very normal uh, for a woman of this caliber. And so her doctor does exactly what he was trained to do, prescribes her some Synthroid, right? Synthroid to patch up that low thyroid. Never mind, there's Hashimoto's and autoimmune going on underneath. We'll just ignore that and give you the thyroid medication. So now Jane is feeling pretty hopeful because, well, low thyroid is a big contribution to infertility. So she goes on her way with newfound hope and possibility of getting pregnant by taking this new drug in the morning, every single morning. However, months go by, she still hasn't conceived yet. And even though her doctor has assured her that her thyroid imbalance has been quote unquote corrected, but she now falls into a new diagnostic category called unexplained infertility. So now she's given a drug called Clomid to help stimulate her ovaries to produce more eggs. Now here's the really confusing part for Jane because she was ovulating just fine on her own. She was able to confirm ovulation, but the doctor assured her that this drug would help her get pregnant. So after a few days on Clomid, Jane starts to feel super crazy, right? She wasn't told about all of the common side effects to look out for when taking Clomid. And when she brought it up to her doctor, he just assured her that that was rare and just keep taking it because it would likely go away. So like so many women who have been indoctrinated to trust their doctors without looking into things, she trusted him and continued taking it. Little did she know that Clomid is actually an anti-estrogenic drug. And it's typically administered to every single woman on this part of her infertility journey without the understanding that it can actually produce more problems than not. It can cause ovulatory dysfunction. (laughs) So the very thing that it's trying to quote unquote treat, which is ovulation, actually backfires. It can also decrease cervical mucus and thin the uterine lining. So basically what happens, it's like taking a really potent form of uh, birth control almost. It's suppressing your ovaries' own production of estrogen. And so the idea is that when you remove Clomid, then your ovaries will start to kick up and ovulate on its own. So after three months on Clomid, when Jane is still not pregnant, now her doctor is recommending a new approach, which is gonadotropic hormones. So now Jane has to give herself a series of injections to stimulate her ovaries to produce more follicles. Then when the time is right and her eggs have been released with another hormone shot, then Jane goes to the clinic and 
Um, this is where she will be inseminated with her husband's sperm. Now, there's a whole there's a whole process that goes into this as well. Um, essentially, the sperm is now washed to make sure it contains only the most modal sperm, and we don't really understand the effects of this. Um, if there's any positive or negative effect. But now the insemination process continues where a nurse is basically going to thread a catheter up through her cervix and release the sperm directly into her uterus. Again, this is called intrauterine insemination or IUI for short. This process alone typically costs about $2,000 per month. So $2,000 per cycle. A lot of times none of these expenses are covered by health insurance and a lot of times doctors will go through six uh, stimulated inseminations. Um, there's a way that you can do this naturally as well without stimulating by the way, but a lot of times women aren't given that option um, even though it is available. So now once Jane and her husband have gone through six failed IUIs, still not pregnant. Now the doctor urges the couple to consider IVF. And this is often a ten dollars to $12,000 procedure, um, typically not covered by insurance again. Um, but at this point, you know, it, it feels like I've already come so far, might as well go the next step. This very fearful thinking that if we don't do the next step, we'll lose all of our progress. So when... You go through this, a lot of times the side effects of the drugs will make you feel so much worse than anything that Clomid would have ever done. Um, typically, before a course of IVF, a woman's endocrine system has to be suppressed by a drug that stimulates menopause. So for about three weeks, Jane has to take Lupron, which shuts down her hormones. Um, so you'll have this very low estrogen effect, usually horrible headaches, night sweats, um, and just like physically feeling really, really puffy and awful, um, hot flashes as well. So once Jane's hormones had been adequately <laughs> suppressed, then she's injected with FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone. Now this will hyper stimulate her ovaries to produce several mature eggs. So typically during ovulation, we're only producing one mature egg. And this process we're producing a lot. So when she goes in for blood work and an ultrasound every few days, um, the technician will you know, notify when it's appropriate to retrieve those eggs. So, and that's a whole process of egg retrieval, right? It's a, it's a minor surgical process to retrieve these eggs. Um, you know, a lot of times it's kind of swept under the rug for women, like they just go about their day after this process, but it's a big deal. It's a lot happening here, especially leading up with so many hormones and drugs influencing their system. So then once they have the eggs retrieved, then what they will do is fertilize the eggs onto um, a Petri dish with husband's sperm. And then this mixture is allowed to cultivate for about 18 hours and they await the call from a nurse to tell her that, you know, so-and-so eggs have fertilized 
and you know we'll wait and see which ones um, are the most viable and then come back in a few days and we can do the embryo transfer now it's at this point that most women are on (laughs) they're in such anxiety that they cannot sleep they're extremely stressed out worried if this is going to work so much pressure financially so much pressure on the relationship there's a lot going on in these couple of days and not in the best not in the best place or situation to get pregnant right if we really look at what it takes to conceive a healthy happy baby safety in the body is not happening right now so when jane returns back to do the embryos you know at this point maybe two of the embryos were of high enough quality to implant in her uterus so you know this is where we get into the pap smear position right it's super cold super vulnerable not intimate um you know like we would naturally conceive a baby and um you know this is where the doctor transfers the embryos into her uterus and then at this point jane is going to be put on daily progesterone injections to really improve the chances of those embryos implanting and um basically just told to resume her normal activity and then come back in two weeks for a pregnancy test. This is what we call the two-week wait, and it is wrought with anxiety. A lot of women can barely eat. Um, All of these hormones are making her extremely bloated, gaining a ton of water, gaining a lot of weight, and essentially increasing anxiety like crazy. So she just feels like she gets really closed off, just feeling really depressed, alone, and scared to death that the procedure won't work, guilty for being so pessimistic, um, you know, and hard on herself for crying all the time. Her husband can't console her. Her friends can't console her. And then what happens way too often is that two weeks later, we have a pregnancy test. Maybe it comes back negative, or maybe it comes positive, but it's an early miscarriage. And so at this point, the doctor recommends, well, try another IVF and maybe explore using donor eggs. So holy moly, this is a roller coaster of physical side effects, mental and emotional side effects. And notice here how you're basically treated like a lab rat through this entire process. Absolutely no support with what is going on. And so, wowza, this is a lot to take in. And so many women here listening have probably gone through this process and know exactly what I'm talking about. And for those who are mid-process or thinking about starting the process, this is a lot to consider. And I don't mean to scare you in this process, but, but inform you of what to expect. And also, there are so many ways that we can actually help to prepare you through this process, not only physically, but also mentally and emotionally so that you can be smooth sailing through this process if you do decide to go through with it. And not only for your well-being and for the well-being of your relationship through uh, the IVF process, but also it dramatically increases the success rate of of IVF. And there's been countless studies showing this with a control group without a mind-body practice and 
a group that has a mind-body practice, and the success rate goes from 21% to over 52%, so way more than double a success rate of conceiving when you have a mind body practice in place. And that just means when you are when you have the tools to be able to manage your thoughts and manage your emotions, that's how dramatic of an effect it has on your ability to conceive. So let's go back to those six concerns that we have when looking at fertility treatments that are so important for you if you are considering going through with your first treatment going in for another treatment. And so the very first consideration is this. This one's going to be the most obvious, by the way. And that is this. Fertility treatments are costly, right? And I use the word cost because it is that. It is a cost. Fertility treatments are not an investment. They are a transaction. A transaction of money for appointments, drugs, and tests. Okay, so this is costing you money. This is costing you time. This is costing your physical health, your emotional health. And one round of IUI can cost $2,000 and one round of IVF can cost $12,000 and up. So this is a cost that we need to consider. And obviously there are ways that we can dramatically improve the success rate of going through IVF. But if you're doing absolutely nothing to prepare, this becomes simply a transaction. So what I want you to do is treat this more like an investment. If you are going to invest in a fertility treatment, you would probably look at all the different ways to optimize and to reduce your risk. You know, simply like making a business transaction where if you are investing in an existing business or you are starting a new business, you're going to do research in terms of what is required, how can I optimize the success of this succeeding, and what do I need in place to do so. And that couldn't be more true with fertility treatments. And here's the thing I know a lot of you that are listening are high achievers. You you know, I've definitely heard, um, have women coming in through the application process who've been down this road and honest to God, you feel like you have done everything to prepare yourself for IVF. Here's the issue with that. And I don't expect you to know everything there is to know about fertility. Just like when you bring your car into the mechanic, right? You might think I've done everything right to prevent my car from breaking down. Why is this happening? Well, let's be honest, like you're not a car mechanic. You don't know the ins and outs of what makes a car run optimally. And, you know, a couple Google searches here and there is not going to help you understand the intricacy of this. Same thing when it comes to your fertility. There is a depth of not just knowledge, but of a perspective, um, energetics, mindset, emotional, that go into fertility. So as much Google searching as you've done, I'm not discounting the amount of effort you've put into this, but I am discounting the kind of information that is out there available to you. We think that we have done everything right and we're doing all of the right things because that's what the fertility industry has told us we need to do. 
For example, cutting out alcohol and making sure you quote unquote stress less and increasing your exercise and cleaning up your diet and tracking your fertility. That's a great start, but there's so much to fertility than just those things. So it can feel like you're putting all of your effort into something and be really confused why it's not happening. But I promise you there's so much more to fertility than just that. And so we want to treat this as an investment and go super deep in what optimizes fertility. I'll go into that more. The second concerning um, point here is that fertility treatments are often unnecessary. Here's the thing. 85% of women awaiting treatments didn't even know how to properly identify their fertile window. Now, don't you think that would be a really great first step to understand (laughs) the potential that these women might not be infertile at all and it's just a timing issue? Now, I know those of you that are listening, again, are way beyond learning how to identify your fertile window, but still, how many of these treatments are unnecessary because of this one simple step? The point I'm trying to make is that your fertility doctor is not taking the time to truly understand what is making you infertile at this moment, because if it's just a timing issue, then... That should be something that is discussed and educated in a doctor's office, but it is not. And that's just something very simple and surface level, like determining if a woman is ovulating. And if she is, when is it happening? And if she's not, why? But there are a lot of deeper issues as well that are causing infertility. For example, PCOS, endometriosis, unexplained infertility, autoimmune. These are merely imbalances that are temporarily blocking your fertility. It does not mean you need treatments. What you need is a new understanding of how the body actually works so that you can first give it what it needs in order to get pregnant. When you focus on that and you unlock your fertility Like that, you will have fertility for a lifetime. So can you see the differentiation there? Going through fertility treatments, oftentimes doctors are leading you past the opportunity to heal the underlying imbalances in your body and push you straight through to fertility treatments. Now, the biggest objection here I say is, Stesha, we have literally tried everything. I've tried everything to heal my PCOS. I've tried everything to heal my endometriosis. We've tried drugs. We've tried procedures. We've tried treatments. And here's what I have to say to that. I don't doubt that you have literally tried everything here to get to your baby. That's not what this is about. What this is about is what have you been trying? That's the difference here. Whenever we seek out Western medicine to help heal our body, we go back to that analogy of everything becomes, if we're using a hammer, everything becomes a nail. So what we want to do instead is look at the body not as something that is broken, it needs its parts fixed or replaced, but instead it's a body that is simply reacting to a very, very toxic environment. And I don't just mean toxins. I mean, 
unfulfillment, uh, toxic relationships, lack of boundaries, lack of self-worth, this need for achievement and perfectionism, toxins in our food despite eating clean, toxins in our homes and in our air and in our water despite really focusing on cleaning those things up. Our body is simply responding to this environment. It's not broken. It has this blueprint already within itself. It's not about overcoming and kicking aside this beautiful, intelligent blueprint and thinking that Western medicine can play God and do this for you. This is about tapping into your roots and asking the question, what does my body, what does this intelligent blueprint need from me in order to unlock my potential? That's what fertility is really about. And fertility doctors just don't understand that. And if yours does, that's amazing. You found a unicorn, congrats. So this is why fertility treatments are often unnecessary. For obvious things like women aren't even aware if they're ovulating or when they're ovulating and thus how could they possibly get pregnant if this is not the case. But also deeper things like fear of having another miscarriage or worried about what your life is going to look like once you become a mom and have this baby or an underlying belief that you don't trust that God has your back or that you're worthy of success and having a happy family. This is real. This is the real root causes of infertility. And without addressing this, again, like I said in my post, no amount of drug you know, stimulating effect on your follicles and injections with progesterone are going to overcome that. Energy is so far above the physical that that's where we need to tap into. So the third consideration is that fertility treatments don't actually make you more fertile. Mind blown, right? (laughs) Well, why would I get fertility treatments then? Let's just talk about this for a second because optimal fertility, per my definition, is the combination of this physical aspect along with this energetic aspect. So the physical aspect of fertility is really the combination of these three fertile ingredients. And if you want more on that, there's a previous episode called How to Cultivate Your Fertile Elements. And so that's the physical side of the thing. That's absolutely, we need ovulation. We need hormone balance. We need egg quality and sperm quality. We need those things, absolutely. But we also need the energetic side of things. We need to infuse the right kind of energy. Now, what is energy? A simple way of of understanding your energy is what you believe, your beliefs, You cannot have optimal fertility without the physical and the energetic piece of the equation. Now, what treatments try to accomplish is based off this idea that the body is just a machine comprised of parts, and if a part is broken or missing, like a blocked fallopian tube or low progesterone or low thyroid, well, then a medication or a procedure can simply override fix or replace that piece. 
Now, this way of thinking of the body is beyond outdated and ineffective. But unfortunately, the entire Western medical model is built upon it and has a death grip on it. And if you come up against it, you will be called probably a quack (laughs) or just like a crazy person. I'm not really sure what really goes on in their brain, but try it sometime. It's fun. Now, again, this way of the body, this way of thinking of the body is completely ineffective, especially when it comes to fertility. Think about it. If this dogma was true, fertility treatments would result in nearly 100% efficacy. If it's merely about replacing parts, then hell, this should be working like really well. But it's not. It's 30% at best and 12% on average. And that's a really low success rate for betting tens of thousands of dollars and your emotional and physical health, as well as the health of your baby and the health of your relationship. Okay, I got a little bit cynical there and I apologize. But this is the kind of thing that I want you guys to consider. No one is talking about this. Whether they feel like it's too delicate, they don't want to fear monger, but I'm approaching this as, look, it's not the fertility treatment that I have the problem with. It's the approach going into, during, and out of the fertility treatment that is the issue. And the issue is your fertility doctor not giving you complete informed consent about the risks, about the proper preparation, and also consulting your health history, your fertility history, and giving you the power and the tools to accomplish natural fertility first. That's the problem I have. We have many women inside of Holistic Fertility Method who come in with the plan of optimizing their body in preparation for fertility treatments, which is so amazing. I absolutely love that. But here's the thing. They all get pregnant before their fertility treatments. And this just goes to show that when we have a different perspective and approach to fertility, fertility treatments are often unnecessary. Which, how cool, because you just invested into a program that helped you become a better person instead of making a transaction for appointments, drugs, and procedures. Now, the fourth, kind of curtailing off of that informed consent piece I just dropped there, is that fertility treatments have a very high risk in terms of side effects. And before I jump into this, I do want to say that usually by the time that women get to the point of IVF, a lot has happened physically, emotionally, and most are really confused. They're scared and really at this point desperate just to see some type of progress. Combined with the false reassurance from their doctor that, well, this is the only next step worth taking to have your baby. It can obviously be incredibly tempting to agree to go forward without first looking into the process of what does the fertility treatment entail? What are the drugs 
involved? How many appointments will I need to do? What are the tests? What is the cost? All these procedures? What kind of effect is it going to have on me? Do I need support? What is this going to look like? Combined with the blind trust we have in doctors and the medical system in the first place, right? Why would we look further into it? Why wouldn't we just trust that a lot of women have been down this road and I could probably do it too and what's the big deal? Everyone does it. But here's the thing, it's a really big deal and I just want to talk briefly about the top three side effects here of fertility treatments that probably aren't being discussed with you. Now, we talked about some of the Clomid side effects, right? The biggest being hot flashes, bloating, weight gain, headaches, mood swings, and, you know, definitely some nausea and dizziness as well, vaginal dryness. You can have spotting, um, tender breasts. Letrozole is another one that will have very similar side effects, such as fatigue, dizziness, headaches, hot flashes, blurred vision, trouble sleeping, breast pain as well. Um, and the gonadotropin side effects, um, so things like gonal F, which is the FSH, um, the Ovidrel, which are things like HCG, those things are going to be what you're injecting, and um, that's going to cause a lot of bloating in your abdominal area, um, feeling just really foggy and absent, headaches, nausea and upset stomach, Um, mood swings, acne, weight gain, definitely spotting and injection site soreness and redness. Like you just don't feel good. You feel awful. You're not in love with your appearance and you're not feeling um, great at all. Now, the serious risks of fertility drugs all combined is that um, ectopic pregnancy is a huge risk, um, especially when you're taking gonadotropins and ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. So this is where this is where when you overstimulate the body with these follicle stimulating drugs, they have a tendency to overstimulate the ovaries because they are wanting to produce a lot of eggs. Well, this can get really dangerously overstimulated um, and cause a lot of issues like blood clots kidney failure, um, it can even threaten your fertility and life. So, I mean, there's, um, allergic reactions, um, having multiple pregnancies, which is extremely high risk. So there's a lot that goes into it and a lot that's typically not discussed with your doctor. And if it is, it's just like a pamphlet, Um, You know, and this just goes with any kind of medications that you've been given in your doctor's office. You're never told. You might be like, oh, you know, some women have trouble sleeping on this. So just let me know if that happens to you. Little, little do we know the really high risks that are going on. And this is because the Western medical approach is just flood the system with synthetic versions of your hormones, um, you know, that your body should be producing in small amounts on its own. And the approach that we take is that we are really striving to return the body back to balance so that it can not only produce its own hormones, but in the exact amount it needs and then be able to respond to its own hormones. Going back to that leveraging your body's own blueprint and ability to conceive, a metaphor here that I would like to share is the difference between 
dumping a bag of fertilizer on a plant versus cultivating the soil with compost and specific added nutrients with lots of uh, sunshine and plenty of clean water. That is the difference here in terms of the approaches that are taken to um, really push your body into fertility versus cultivating your natural fertility. Um, the very, f- the, sorry, the fifth uh, concern that we want to be looking into is that fertility treatments can set you up for high risk pregnancies, medicalized birth, and postpartum difficulties like poor breast milk production, postpartum depression, metabolic disorders, making it hard to regulate blood sugar and lose weight. And time and time again, when I post about this phenomenon, OB nurses will affirm hands down that IVF pregnancies coincide with more premature births, C-sections, and issues with baby's health. And moms ease into postpartum. Now here's the thing. It's thought to be a chicken or egg situation, right? Is it the fact that the that the medication and the treatments cause these issues, or is it the fact that the infertility itself has not been addressed and therefore um, that underlying cause of infertility is still going on in the body and putting mom and baby at risk? Because think about it, in nature, the body protects itself and the future baby from having these issues by preventing conception and implantation from even happening, right? Until it feels safe and prepared to do so. So the issue with fertility treatments is that we're forcing the body to do something that it doesn't feel safe and prepared to do. And the way that we do things is we ask what the body needs, we give the body what it needs, and let it carry out its blueprints. That's the difference. We're working with your body instead of against it. And we avoid a lot of these high risk pregnancies, medicalized birth and postpartum difficulties. Because if you think, you know, trying to get pregnant is hard, try to go through pregnancy, birth and postpartum where your body is, you're working against your body and not with it. It is not something I recommend. And it's definitely something that can be completely avoided again with just a different approach to looking at fertility. And the sixth thing to consider is that fertility treatments are still in their infancy. We saw them ramp up in 1999, which means they've been um, going on for about 20 years, and we have yet to really see the long-term effects of what all of these elevated hormones have on on women's long-term health. Now, I believe that women's bodies are incredible at rejuvenating and uh, correcting any imbalances. But here's, again, what happens when we go through fertility treatments is we often miss the opportunity to heal those underlying issues and instead let them uh, continue to perpetuate. It's the same analogy as birth control, right? So many of us have been put on birth control in our teenage years or in our 20s because of irregular periods, acne, Um, really heavy, crampy, painful periods. So we're put on birth control to band-aid and mask the underlying issue so we can go on throughout our life without having to worry about it. And then when we come off of birth control, boom, there is our underlying condition of acne, irregular periods, and heavy, crampy periods. They're right back to where they were, if not incredibly worse. And that is because 
the birth control band-aided these symptoms. Whereas if we didn't have this band-aid, we would have had a lot of incentive and motivation to get to the root cause and heal what was causing us so much discomfort in our body. This is because symptoms are simply messengers. They are letting us know what is imbalanced so that we can take action without it getting worse. It turns from, you know, it can go from just a whisper to now your body is screaming at you. And the same can be said with fertility treatments. Sometimes when we have this option readily available to us to get the fertility treatment instead of healing the underlying root cause, the hormonal imbalances can be left to perpetuate, right? So maybe that endometriosis or that PCOS is left to perpetuate and there was no opportunity there to heal the root cause in order to get pregnant. And so the band-aid may have been fertility treatments to get pregnant and have your baby. And again, the underlying issue is left to perpetuate. This doesn't always happen, but again, I see it time and time again when we bypass the opportunity to heal what's really ailing us and preventing us from having our baby, it just leads to complications down the road. That's why I always call, you know, the struggle to get pregnant is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to dive deep into filling those gaps within us that our body needs to be extremely healthy and so we can live life with vitality. And when we reach that point, that's when our cup is overflowing so much that it makes sense to create a new life and give all of our love to that baby. Now, discussing these points is not about inflating the dangers and risks of fertility treatments, but instead communicating the importance of an understanding of what fertility really is, the opportunity to heal any imbalances prior to getting pregnant, and also the preparation beyond just the surface level symptoms. Because here's what I see happen time and time again. When a woman has been trying to conceive for years without any luck and told that she needs IVF because of unexplained infertility or endometriosis or PCOS, fibroids, blocked tubes, etc. There is no goal of helping that woman heal her issues first. At best, they give a medication to quote unquote treat the issue like we heard Jane at the very beginning quote unquote treat her Hashimoto's, right? That's kind of the best case scenario given a medication to treat the issue before doing IVF and at worst, just throw her into treatments without the idea or with the idea that her body is broken, there's nothing that she can do, and if there's any hope at all to having a baby, it's going through this treatment. And that's just not true. It's not true at all, and that's the disservice. Because one of two options is going to happen. One, the treatment will be unsuccessful because, well, the underlying cause of infertility was not addressed, Or two, it works, but there's a higher risk of complications because again, the underlying cause of infertility has not been addressed. Now, there is a third option where everything is beautiful, everything is fine, and you have a healthy, happy baby and no health complications. And again, that's the unicorn and that is amazing. I'm so, so happy for you if you're that person. But what I am communicating through this episode is not that treatments are bad. Not that you are any less than because you are considering treatments or you've done a treatment in the past. 
Instead, what I'm trying to communicate is that first, without first addressing the underlying cause of infertility, fertility treatments will not have the effect that you are hoping for. The success rate will be so much lower and set you up for risks beyond what you can imagine. So the benefit here is to address the underlying cause of infertility so that A, you have a much higher success rate of IVF and B, an incredibly high chance of conceiving naturally before your treatment. Because you were probably never infertile in the first place, mama. Your body just didn't feel safe at the time and that's okay. So the million dollar question here becomes, how do I address the cause of my infertility before I go into fertility treatments or if I really want to give my body the best chance at conceiving naturally? Well, turns out we have an entire program dedicated to not only answering that question of what is blocking your fertility, but also giving you the exact steps to heal that imbalance so that you can get pregnant naturally. At the current moment, our ladies have an 83% success rate of conceiving naturally in the four months of the program. It's even higher beyond that. And these women are coming in with decades of endometriosis, PCOS, unexplained infertility, Hashimoto's underlying autoimmune condition, failed past treatments, past losses. So if you're ready to really give this a go and go way beyond the basics of fertility and what you've researched on the internet or heard from your fertility doctor, then I invite you to apply to our exclusive private training where we are actually going to detail the exact steps we take our ladies who have achieved the 83% success rate, how to overcome the blocks to their fertility and get pregnant naturally. And so much more than that, right? Really the transformation of feeling so desperate to conceive and stepping into that confident, empowered mama to be. So you can go to my Instagram, click the link in my bio and apply to Holistic Fertility Method. That will give you the link to the exclusive training after I go over your application, or you can click the link below in my show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear what you thought of this fiery episode and please if this felt if you felt like this really helped you today leave a five-star review below it helps other women like you find some peace and a new perspective in their fertility journey so just know by clicking that five-star review you're actually helping this get out to more women all right i will hear you uh next week 